0: A business that doesn't list the wage, doesn't list any benefits, doesn't list any expectations they have from you or what they what what a person can expect from you. If they're not specific, I wouldn't apply for them. Also, if they don't introduce you to the team or they don't have all these onboarding things in place, they do a proper introduction. This person is going to explain you about this. This is this person. and All that stuff. Then uh, I would run <laughs> run away real fast because then you're really just throwaway labor.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreading Sundays. I'm your host, Daniel K. Chung, and today I have the one and only Bibi the Link Builder. She's calling from Amsterdam, and she runs an agency, but I'll let her fill you in the gaps. So, Bibi, take it away. Who are you and what do
0: you do? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Daniel. This is amazing. It's Sunday and I, and I have sort of a hangover, so I love this. We should do all podcasts on Sunday. I love the energy. Yeah. So I'm BB the link builder. I live in Amsterdam. I have family. I started uh, building affiliate sites and then my, my friends asked me to do, uh, to build links for their sites. And that's how I rolled into the business. And right now, um, yeah, it's going pretty well. Uh, yeah. Building a reputation for myself and, um, Doing nothing but links 24-7, basically. Well, that's Fantastic. not true, but doing a lot of links.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Yes, so you are clearly a link builder, as per your name <laughs> that we're going to refer to. <laughs> In fact, what did you say? Before, we, what <laughs> before we started recording, I called you an exact match, domain like, slash anchor.
0: That's, that's so gbs. I've never thought about <laughs> calling myself <laughs> an exact match. You, you just made up. I needed a tagline. This, this is going to be my tagline. Thank you. You're, you're a marketing genius.
1: There you go. It's free. You can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Oh, so the reason why I have you on the show is because you run a fairly large link building agency, to my understanding. And yeah. a lot of that team, I believe, are offshore. Some of us, we call that as virtual assistants or VAs, but in the real world, In most of Western society, it's because we use them as cheap labor. But I know you don't treat them as such, and that's why I want you on the call and to gain some perspective maybe from the agency side, how you hire, as well as for the listeners who may be coming from Southeast Asia, how they can prepare themselves, how to put themselves forward and not be taken advantage of. So do you want to take it away or should I prompt you with some questions?
0: Uh, Well, first off, I want to thank you because you're the first one asking me um, about how people uh, from those countries are treated by uh, SEOs in general. And I think that's very refreshing. You know, it's always about how do you hire them? How do you make sure to do what they're supposed to do? How do you pay the least as possible? All that stuff, you know? So I think this is really good for you, uh, from you to open up that uh, dialogue. So thank you. And then you could ask me stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, great. She's leading it. Oh, okay. Now I need to think.
0: <laughs> it's Sunday. It's This is you. You brought this on yourself, Daniel. It's Sunday.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I am dreading. I'm literally dreading it
0: now. <laughs> oh, fire away. <laughs> now, before we get
1: into a train wreck, <laughs> I guess it comes from, like, I first came across this term of VAs. Many years ago, when I was listening to an audio book that is a very popular book by Tim Ferriss, the Four, mm. four Hour Work Week, and I got to be honest, yeah. when I heard it, I hated it. Oh, because it was first of all, there's a very small percentage of the world population who can do what he recommends. It right. is really for the privileged, and then second of all, then he goes into this whole recommendation of where to arbitrage cheap labor. And he doesn't mm-hmm. call it cheap labor, but essentially it is, and this is where SEOs and many other industries they they leverage this this is how they make yeah. a lot of money by finding talent to carry out work for pennies on the dollar and when it comes to your team, give me an understanding first of all how big your team is
0: yeah, so um we are around thirty people, and um i I always try to Well, when I do a job posting, right, one of the first sentences that I put in a job posting is that I'm not a person who um, uh, does uh, throwaway labor. You call it cheap labor. I call it throwaway labor because that's basically what people do. I've talked to other SEOs that have gone through 300 people in a year, you know, firing left and right. And it's just it's just awful. Right. So but um, yeah, so that's that's the size of my team. It's uh, between that. Twenty six thirty, 30. Um, but it, it's hard, you know, because I come from the Netherlands and we are uh, based on socialists. Uh, we come from a socialist background. So the labor rights here are extremely strong. So even though I try to do better than my peers, I still feel like I'm shortchanging people. Um, so I'm always trying to make things better for them. Just now the Roe versus Wade was overturned. And then I realized I don't even know what the abortion stuff is in the Philippines. How is that uh, regulated there? And then I find out it's completely criminalized. So it's cr- it's criminal to take an abortion. Doesn't matter no, doesn't matter any reason why you want it. So I, I just offered in in the channel there to um, if anybody has an unwanted pregnancy, then then I want to see if I can help them with that. So that's what I mean. Like it's a continuing progress to see where where I'm assuming that things are okay on, on their end of the world, you know, you, you really have to, I think before you hire people from a country, you need to look into the situation that they're in and, um, yeah. And, and, and dive into their culture and, and stuff. So that's really important. I don't know if that was, so an what made,
1: <laughs> no, that was, that was a really good response. Yeah. I kind of want to get a sense of why you picked the Philippines, for example, Mm. Uh, for the bulk of your hiring for what you do at the agency
0: yeah so uh my fir- my my business partner is a filipino american and um so i know him and i know you know his his culture and it was kind of a uh, standard also to to hire people from the philippines so that's just how i started it and then i've I, I discovered that I really liked the people that I was hiring and, and I, I liked their their uh, attitude, and they're very friendly. They're very community oriented. Um, and that's why I just kind of stuck with that. But I also use a um, South African team for writing, but that's through an agency. Um, yeah, and that's going really well as well. So I'm not, I wouldn't say that it's, a specific country that does better or uh, worse or something, but that's just uh, what I stuck with. And there are pros and cons, so one of the, there's a lot of pros to hire Filipino people, but a con I would say is that uh, I'm Dutch, so I'm very direct and I'm even more direct than most Dutch people. Some people call me rude. <laughs> um, and with Philippine people, there are, they're very polite, um, and they don't want to offend you and they don't want, you know, they, they're they very surface oriented, but sometimes I need feedback and sometimes I need a person to tell me, Hey, no, I can't do all those tasks or, or I'm struggling with this or whatever. So that's something I'm still working on to, to get more, uh, transparency and openness and sometimes also to realize, Hey, I'm actually ripping somebody apart by just being brutally honest. So I have to maybe package it differently. Um, if I can give you one example of that, yeah, cool. So, yes, um, yeah, so people have to write uh, templates, so they have to write outreach copy, and uh, because we're in different time zones, and also you know because I let people do the work in their own time, when they create a template, I always review it and I give them feedback, but I do that by video. And then at some point, I started to notice nobody wanted to do templates anymore. You know, in the beginning it was fine, but as a team as the teams grew the distance between me and the person became a little bit further. So they didn't know me that well. And, um, so I noticed that nobody wanted to do it. And then I, then finally, I found out it was because of the way I was giving them feedback. Every time they would pour their heart out in a template and then I would give video feedback be really brutal and that it would just destroy them, you know? Um, So I was very happy that that came out, that that's the reason why they didn't want to do it anymore. So now what I do is I do template sessions with a select uh, group of people that write templates and they give each other feedback. And it's amazing because um, because in the beginning they wouldn't say a lot and I would think that they weren't on my level or thinking the way I would was thinking about it. But then they st- started opening up and giving feedback and they were ex- saying exactly the stuff that I w- would be saying. Uh, but in a different way, and they would pick out things that I didn't notice. And those group sessions were are amazing, and I think that that's really helped. So I think it's important for other uh, managers to to um, how do you say come halfway to your to your team, learn how they learn, and then you still want to get some sort of level of quality, but you know you gotta uh, be flexible.
1: That's a really, really good story. Thanks for sharing that. And that reminds me of back when I was in uni many, many, many years ago, another lifetime ago.
0: (laughs) Dinosaurs.
1: We are dinosaurs. I I have a baby (laughs) face because I'm Asian, but I'm not that young.
0: (laughs) I'm half Asian. (laughs)
1: That's why you have the half baby (laughs) face. But, you know, I remember struggling at uni because – you were only assessed a certain way. You were yeah. You could only demonstrate that you understood something or aka competency if you could memorize and regurgitate a certain way. And that's the same when you're hiring anyone, whether they're local or somewhere else, is that <clears> you can't assume that culturally you communicate the same way. And even if you do come from the same culture, maybe they communicate in a different way from you. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, as a manager, as anyone who's hiring someone else. Just because you think, as you said, the way you are being direct is how you naturally and can effectively and honestly deliver something, the recipient may have their own experiences of why that's bad. And that also takes me back to my agency experience when whenever we would have a call with our VAs who are also from Southeast Asia, it always felt as though they were very scared. As if I think every instance where they've been in a meeting, someone gets fired, And that's how a lot of big companies have treated them. And so that was something that my boss at the time also recognised. And was like, okay, we need to kind of prepare them for the meeting and let them know what the agenda is. No one's in trouble. We're just discussing work. It's all good. And these are the things that, you know, from a Western society, we don't understand because it doesn't happen to us as much. So I'm keen to understand or get some more tips from you from the agency side before we dive into how, you know, a VA could further their career and earning potential?
0: Ooh, um, yeah, so, it's, it's been a rollercoaster because I grew, a f- I, I, I think I grew pretty fast and I had to learn real quickly how to manage people and I'm still learning, you know, but, mm, I think you have to try all kinds of different Angles to get people's feedback and get their discover their real thoughts and um, and don't don't be stubborn that you just like you said that that your way is the best. Um, The other thing is that you have when you hire a person right in the beginning, you have to be really close with them and go with them through the process because. There will be red flags or or green flags, and if those red flags pop up you have to you have to address them right away, for instance, maybe somebody isn't communicating or they're not uh tracking their time in a in a good way or whatever all those kind of things um you have to uh, uh talk to them about that right away because otherwise because it's remote work once you get in the in the busyness of all the things you, you lose track. Of how somebody is doing, and they just slip away, uh, and then it's too late, and you you might have lost a really good uh, uh, person. So in the beginning, give them basically overload them with attention, and uh, and note down all the red flags that you have and address them right away in the first month, and not in a top down, you know, you did this wrong thing, but just in a in a dialogue. <laughs> but yeah i've uh, that's that's a really hard lesson I've learned that um, s- things that were that I already had a gut feeling about in the beginning I didn't address them and then it became a dysfunctional situation and it didn't just became dysfunctional for that person but for the whole team yeah that's a tip I don't well know said. Yeah.
1: Ref- <laughs> reflects Sorry? my my experience as well It reflects yeah. my experience as well growing oh, a good. team, even though it's local <clears throat> team. Because of COVID, yeah. had to go remote, new members. Yeah, you really need to give them a lot of attention, have a lot of screen time together. Otherwise, as you said, things drift away. And once they hit a certain point, it's very hard to bring back because both parties are like a bit, eh, there's, there's issues, unsaid things and hard to resolve.
0: Yeah, All absolutely. right, let's shift
1: gears. Let's yep. turn this session into a conversation for VAs. Yeah, How, like I mean, what are the common mistakes that they make when they are applying for a remote job for an overseas company or agency?
0: Right, a uh, common mistakes is that um, you have a have a, a generic application letter. That's the first thing you send once you see a job opening, and you have it completely perfected. But it's in no way tailored to the job posting or the company that you're writing for. I think that's, to me, that's a big mistake. I'd rather have somebody write me a a unique email that has some weird stuff in it, maybe, than that they have a completely solid, you know, glued down tight uh, thing. Because that's not not telling me anything about yourself. So I hardly look at any resumes or any application letters. and I, I think also for so I don't like calling them VAs, but that's my thing. I just call them employees. Mm. For for people applying for a job, um, you should also set your own filters and your own boundaries and your own red flags. You know, don't I understand that it's not you can't always be that selective. <sighs> And that's really hard, of course, coming from a person in a rich country or whatever. You you can't always be that selective, but I don't know. I imagine having a bad employer is basically destroying your soul and will do you way more damage. So if possible, please set some kind of basic, basic uh, filters for yourself. What kind of employer you want to have. Because otherwise they they, they will... They will destroy you or they might not even pay you or whatever. You hear, you hear that stuff as well. So, yeah,
1: yeah that's so my first
0: tip. How can they kind
1: of discover what these red flags are for a business who may potentially end up being a complete horror story?
0: Yeah, I think uh, a business that doesn't list uh, the wage, doesn't list any benefits, doesn't list any expectations they have from you or what, they, what, what a person can expect from you. If they're not specific, uh, I wouldn't apply for them. I, I like complete <laughs> total transparency upfront about uh, what's going to happen when you work for them. Also, if they if they don't introduce you to the team or they don't have all these onboarding things in place where they, they do a proper introduction. This is what you know. This person is going to explain you about this. This is this person. And all that stuff. Then uh, I would run <laughs> run away real fast because then you're really just throwaway labor. They just use you and then they just throw you away.
1: That that really <laughs> hits the mark. Yeah.
0: Thank you. A throwaway
1: labor pretty much des- describes it perfectly. And when they're deliberately being vague in their job description, when yeah. they deliberately don't give you the tools to succeed, then they're just giving an excuse for themselves to get rid of you when they're done with you. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's Absolutely. just wrong. But that yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess the tip is – you know, apply for jobs where they are very specific. They give you a detailed description of what you'll do, the expectations, the delivery timeframes, and more importantly, what you get paid and when you get paid and
0: how oh you God. get paid. Oh, my God, yeah, yes. Yeah, so when, when somebody comes in our company, um, one of the first things we do is uh, con- uh, connect them with the um, financial person And they have a call with them and walk them through the whole process because we want you to set up wise and all that stuff, you know, and uh, you get paid after the first week um, and everything's explained to you. So I think, I think that's, you know, um, you can talk about purpose and about fulfillment and and, and all that crap, but in the end, the money comes first, you know, when you have that new job.
1: Correct. I mean, you work for money too, right? I, I definitely do. I love money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not at that sk- stage yet where, you know, I'm working for fulfillment. Fuck, I I'm love I'm working money.
0: for Skittles. <laughs> oh, you're cheap. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's a lot of Skittles. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so let's say an employer who's working for an international company. Uh, things are going well. It's a good place to work at. And they feel as though they're being underpaid. Mm. What should they do, from your experience, from your team? Anyway. Oh,
0: um, yeah. So we have uh, we have yearly raises. We have um, bonuses. We have performance raises. Um, people do sometimes, you know, ask for stuff. Uh, let me see. What should a person do? I can only speak from my own experience, and that's just ask for it <laughs> but um uh before you take a job, also ask what what kind of bonus structure or uh raise structure they have and what what if they have stipends and other things you know or uh insurance or those kind of things, but other than that, there's nothing else you can do than ask. <laughs> And um, you have to ask without the fear of getting fired. You're not gonna get. If if your boss appreciates you, they're not gonna get. They're not gonna fire you when you're asking for a raise. You know, if if other of all other things are good, um, and that they might say no. You know, and what happens then? You're gonna die. No, you're not gonna die. But you've also planted a seed in their brain. And they start thinking about ah maybe I should give a raise because maybe they're gonna work somewhere else or you know they they might think about that stuff. Also, another tip: if they say no, you might think beforehand of alternatives that um, are indirectly monetary. So maybe, like I said, uh, a stipend or money to uh, for a course or holiday money or some other thing. So if they say no, you say, "Hey, okay, I understand. You know, race is not in a, in the works right now. What about this?" <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 ask uh, definitely ask other people that work for other companies how it's all organized there.
1: That's it. Definitely ask your own network what they're making and maybe what their raise pathway is like, and also yeah. to add to you know, my own question, if your hiring manager or when your hiring manager says no, ask them, then what do I have to do to get a raise so that it puts it into their court to go, hey, this employer that I have has been performing. That's evident. They want to do more. What do we need to give this particular person as an organization to help us make us more money? I mean, essentially that's business, right? Yeah. So it, it takes away that that burden away from yourself of I want to ask for a raise, but rather put it into the lap of the business and go, I wanna do more for you. What is it? Let's see if we can work together. And if they are a good boss or organization, they will have a roadmap. If they fire you, then they're assholes and you should leave anyway.
0: Yeah, that then that's <laughs> easier this said was, than done. No, I understand, but if they fire you because you're asking for a raise, that's just that's criminal in my in my opinion, but mm-hmm. um, then you've you've definitely dodged the bullet there, because in the long term, they would have fucked you over, basically. Mm.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Well, I guess that's that's kind of all the questions I had. But you know, you have more interaction with your employees. Are there any more things that you think you would be useful for the listeners?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so what I talked about before about not um in your culture it might be different to talk about specific things, right? And that's okay. I mean that probably has advantages as well. But also think about the culture of the person who's employing you and what's normal there. Um and uh if if you don't want to talk to your boss, then talk to your team lead or talk to your team members. Uh, read some books about negotiation about self-worth or about all that stuff just educate yourself and even after all those books and all those talks you decide hey i still don't want to talk about it then it's okay but then at least you have some more grounding um so really don't be afraid to to ask um also don't be afraid to say if there are any problems and that's that's something that's the only reason I fired people was when they weren't talking to me about struggles or problems they had to do their task. And I found out later that they weren't doing them. I've had people, I've had a typhoon in December for a whole month. Nobody could work. We sent a lot of money over there, you know, to help them fix their house and everything. Um, People have kids in in hospitals, or they're sick themselves, or anything, or or they're just burnt out—not burnt out, but they're just tired or depressed or whatever. We have a person that has mental health problems, and every once in a while, you know, we start noticing it, and then she just needs to to how do they say uh, to, to to be left alone for a little bit, and then she might not perform as well. But then she comes back and she does it. But she she tells us even how hard it is. So always tell a person that you have a problem because it's going to be way worse if you don't. And uh, an employer might surprise you. They might actually be a human being. (laughs) I've had the same with me and my clients, but, you know, the same lesson. So please, please open up about anything that's uh, going on with you.
1: I think that's very universal, whether it's with client interactions or with your boss. Communication is key. Uh,
0: oh, like, it's the number
1: one. What's the worst that could happen? Well, the worst is that you let things fester and they go beyond repair. But if you have that conversation early, yes, it may be a very nerve-wracking conversation. It might be very scary. You might not have any solutions. But again, you, you're addressing things early on so that a solution can be found together.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah.
1: that's that's life, essentially. It's not just business. <laughs> it's, it's, it's essentially life.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> talk about stuff
1: (laughs) (laughs) awesome well that that's kind of everything i had and thank you so much bibi this has been enlightening and thank you for sharing your personal experience as a boss and manager and thanks for introducing a human side and empathetic empathetic
0: Mm -hmm. empathy
1: (laughs) I can't I don't enunciate
0: even... <laughs> That's but... <laughs> <laughs> a Sunday for you Daniel
1: <laughs> Just Thank you for being an awesome boss Is uh,
0: all I'm saying I t- I'm We try. need more I'm people like you Oh, Thank you <laughs> Alright Thank all you right. so much for having me And let's keep this going um, I know you have a little surprise in store For an upcoming one Right? Oh actually right? yes yeah well let's talk about the
1: next episode which is coming after you do you want to give a little introduction to this mystery team member of yours
0: oh yeah so um uh so as you might imagine i'm a little bit weird and odd so i tend no to- way yeah <laughs> and so I tend to attract those kind of people as well in my team, the creative uh, nut jobs basically. I hope I didn't offend anybody there <laughs> but anyway so this this person is just um he is so amazing and so wonderful and weird and really out there um and always always trying to you know grow beyond expectations of what people think that you can achieve as a as a person from the philippines so yeah i hope i hope he has the you know the guts to uh, actually show up because it's you know like i said before it's it's still hard to speak up for a lot of people so let's see if he shows up uh, next uh, episode Keep, uh, keep yes. tuned. Let, let, let's see. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's right. That is the uh, cliffhanger for this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't, he's fired. <laughs> <gasps> <gasps> oh. <laughs> nah, no, he's no, 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 no,
1: no, no, <laughs> no. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for your generosity. Um, thank you. And that's a wrap. So, If this is your first time tuning into Dreading Sundays, please subscribe for more amazing madness from people like Bibi, the link builder, (laughs) (laughs) and I'll see you in the next episode.
0: All right. Thank you. Bye.